there are choices being made that reflect your personality, which I think is so interesting, right? Beauty is this way of talking without talking. Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. So everybody, welcome back to the Radically Loved Podcast. We have a very special guest today. We have Brooke DeVard, Ozaden Lee. Did I say that right? Ozaden Lee? Yes, Ozaden Lee. Ah, Ozaden Lee. Very happy to be here. We got to get that right. I think we had this conversation when I was on your show, right? Did we talk about it? The Acosta? Acosta? Yes. But you know what? I loved having you on my show so much, Naked Beauty, and my audience loved hearing from you. I did an episode where I interviewed my listeners for five years of Naked Beauty. And so many of them were like, we need more wellness conversations like the one you had with Rosie on Naked (gasps) Beauty. Like That's what we want more of in 2022. Oh, wow. That's so great. I love that. You know, my favorite thing is whenever we edit the podcast, sometimes my edits don't even make it into the edit. There's so many episodes where I'm like, let's edit this out. (laughs) It's like still in there. Still in there. You know what? That's podcasting when you're keeping it real and the audience (laughs) understands. They get it. Yeah, they do. You know, God, you've been... So I want to... I didn't get to ask you questions when you interviewed me, which I was kind of sad about because I'm like, oh, I want to ask you questions too. So now it's my turn. I get to inquire about how you started doing what you're doing. One of the things that I read, because I, I talk about this, your podcast is one of my favorite podcasts, you know? So thank you. So I'm in this world of wellness and I interview all these wellness people and mindfulness, meditation, self care, but but I always want to know about like beauty rituals, routines, yes. like how do I, you focus on this topic as a way of self-expression. And I feel like it's such a deep topic. I mean, it truly is, right? Yeah. So yeah, I have so many questions. Like what inspired you to create this platform for yourself? And I know that you have like a full-on career working at yes. Instagram. Yes, that I also. Know. Yes, yes. And Instagram. you're a mom. Yes, yes. Working at Instagram full time, mom uh, to wife. a sixteen-month-old wife. You know, daughter, friend, sister, all of those hats, and also a podcaster and content creator. So I am. There is never a dull moment in my life, but I am so obsessed with talking to women specifically. I mean, all people, but I'm really obsessed with the way people choose to express themselves with beauty. When we got onto this Zoom, I was like, okay, Rosie, like I see the winged liner. I see the half up, half down. I also see the short, dark nails. I see the gold rings. You know, there are choices being made that reflect your personality, which I think is so interesting, right? Beauty is this way of talking without talking. And I used to be a fashion girl. You know, I used to love fashion and I still love fashion to this day. I mean, my first internship that I ever had was at Vogue magazine. I was like, I'm going to be a Vogue editor. Yes, yes. Brooke, tell us about this experience. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. You watch, what's that movie? The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, Devil Wears Prada. I would honestly say Devil Wears Prada makes it seem better than it is. Like it is truly like a hazing, intense. It's 
Vogue is intense. It's no. very intense. And I was, you know, very sad to hear about the passing of Andre Leon Talley because I yes. actually interned under his department. Now, Andre is larger than life. He wasn't in the office every day. He would like swan in with his cape every once in a while, but he always talked to the interns. He was always very curious about what we were looking at, what we thought of certain things. He would give us fashion advice and Vogue was fabulous. And I wanted to be a Vogue editor until I found out that the starting salary at Vogue is like $22,000 a year, I want to say. Stop. Which is, you know what? Most of the editors at Vogue don't need the money. That's just the reality, right? They, their parents, or maybe, you know, yes. they have other sources of income. Yeah. They have other ways of paying rent. You know, if you're living in New York City at that salary, I think you're eligible for like government assisted housing yeah. and food stamps, which is not the reality of most uh, junior editors yeah. at Vogue. And I, I kind of realized very quickly that I wanted to make money as well. And I work in tech now, which is a much more lucrative career path. But <laughs> I've always loved fashion, but then I started really getting into beauty because I think if you take 10 women in a white t-shirt and jeans, there are still going to be things about them that make them stand out and make them unique in terms of the way they choose to do their hair, in terms of the way they choose to do their makeup, the way that they choose to accessorize, even the way that they carry themselves, to be quite honest. And as I saw people on the street, I'm just one of those people that's like, oh my gosh, your curls look amazing. What curl cream are you using? Oh my gosh, I've never seen a manicure like that. Is this gel? Are these extensions? What's going on here? I love asking people about beauty. I love getting deep with people about their skincare routines. I want to know why people have such gorgeous glowing skin. What are you using? What are you loving? And I do feel like word of mouth for me is the strongest indication that a product is good. So I love being able to get nosy with people. I've been doing this podcast for five years now. Like, what do you love? What's worked for you? What hasn't worked? And how have you kind of come into your own self-expression with beauty? And what's your approach to skincare and self-care now? That's the background behind Naked Beauty and why I wanted to start a podcast about it. Yeah. And it's been a successful endeavor for you, for sure. It's been successful, yes. But I, I never you're a podcaster, so you know, you can't start a podcast because you're like, I want to make a ton of money, right? That's a thousand percent. Yeah. You would be be very disappointed. I can remember year one. I think I can remember so clearly year one, the first time I got 200 listeners for a single episode, I was like, oh my, 200 people spent an hour listening to my podcast. This is incredible. You know, and I was yeah. psyched. Yeah. And that that has to be enough for you when you're starting a podcast. What's something that I can talk about that even if only 200 people listen, I'm happy to build community with those, yeah. those 200 people. Yeah, and I think even just to tie this in, in a philosophical way, the natural curiosity that you have about beauty to carry that same curiosity in what you do. It's like you're doing it because there is a natural innate quality to what you're wanting to explore, as opposed to I'm going to get into beauty because there's money in this industry, or I'm going to get into podcasting because I know that people make money. It's like you will be severely disappointed. You know, there was a a friend, acquaintance, that most recently saw the incredible success of a lot of these makeup companies and has parents with means that would invest in his 
like vision, he's like, oh, I'm going to start a makeup line. Like, this is so oh easy. God. I'll just start a makeup line. This is like totally look at, look at what all these women are doing. And this is so easy. And I can't believe in the, the markup on these things. And I'm just like, okay, like, good luck. You know, let me know how that works out for you. And um, obviously it didn't. There was so that like $350,000 investment from his parents went yeah. into this and it's now defunct and it only lasted about two and a half years before it was, it didn't result with the amount of, of money that was put into it. And I'm like, you can't start something having that, you know, intention of, oh, I'm going to 10 times my, my growth. I'm going to 10 times my of investment. It's like, first of all, you only came into, and not to say that those people aren't successful. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that have pl- lots of means that are go out there and pay for streams and do the thing and pay to play, as I like to call it. And hey, if that's you, more power to you. But I'm I'm definitely more grassroots. Yeah. Well, no, not not more power to those people <laughs> because I think we need we need a lot less of that. I love your yeah. positivity, but I think one of the things that's so interesting is I think. Beauty customers are some of the most discerning customers in the world. Like I'm putting this stuff on my face. I need to know what's What's in in it, it. who's behind it. Do people like it? Like I can't think of the last time that I purchased a mascara, even at the drugstore without whipping out my phone and Googling best drugstore mascara, right? Yeah. Or going on the skincare addiction Reddit, one of my favorite places on Reddit to get the feedback on the latest CeraVe skin cream, like people do research before they buy things. And I think, unfortunately, we're seeing this a lot in the beauty space where there are these celebrity brands like yes. Machine Gun Kelly released nail polish. Okay, fine. I just read John Legend is working on developing a skincare line. Okay. So maybe he looked at what Pharrell did with human race and thought, Hey, he shouldn't be the only, and, and John Legend seems to have great skin, but yeah. do we need this from John Legend? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. I'm like, what do I do when I need a beauty refer? I'm like, I just go to you. <laughs> like, yes. I go to your page. Everyone <laughs> can, I do. can follow at Naked Beauty Planet for honest, yes. honest skincare reviews. But yeah, yeah it's, sometimes it's hard to get that honest feedback. And, you know, the thing is, a lot of YouTubers are doing branded content, a lot of yeah. magazines are beholden to their advertisers. So it can be kind of complicated to know what actually works, which is why I love hearing from people on my podcast what are the products? that you're loving because that's that's real yeah. feedback about what's great. Yeah, it's real. And I I want to dig in a little bit more just with your background because as much as I want to talk about skin and we, we want to go into that topic, I I still, I want to know like the woman behind the knowledge, you know? Like, yes. And, and this is another thing that I, I refer to Brooke's handles a lot because <laughs> she has always the best insight. She always has the, and maybe because I like your content so much, it's what I get fed whenever I go on Instagram, which is great because I want my feed to be curated with content that is going to teach me something or that I'm going to learn something or or people that I want to see, you know? And I really do find it so fascinating. Like you're very grounded, 
honest approach to everything, like ways of life and also (laughs) ways of beauty. And I'm curious for you, like you are now in the field of tech, you are a woman in tech at the moment. What is it that's the driving force within you? Like, where is it that you want to go ultimately with with all the projects that you you're working on right now, like what is the driving force of, of Brooke's vision for her life? Wow. Rosie with the deep question. So, <laughs> you know what? I have, I have two accounts. I have at Brooke DeVard, which is just truly pure fun. I'm not interested in like niching down. By the way, I see so many reels and things about like, find your niche and post about your niche. And I don't love that advice. I really think show up on the internet as a fully realized person that likes lots of different things. Yes. And maybe I have the luxury of saying that because I have two accounts. So I have at Brooke DeVard, which is just a lot of my son. If you like cute kids, follow so along. So cute, literally. Just, just my life in New York City, trying new restaurants, being at home. My husband makes great pizza and cocktails. I do travel content. I talk about a lot of TV. I love TV. Right now I'm watching Euphoria and just like that. I, I can talk about TV all day long. Yes. But I just, have, I just have fun with that account. And I do want to create a community vibe. And then I have at Naked Beauty Planet, which is my beauty community where we talk about makeup and hair and skincare. And I think with all social media, it's really about being intentional. And for me, with Naked Beauty Planet, I was like, I want to create a community that feels safe and inclusive and non-judgmental, where we can also just like have fun and talk about beauty and not take it so seriously. Like I don't, I don't like anything too serious. And I think beauty should be fun and we should talk about it with humor. So that is my space to do that. And then with Brooke Devard, that's also just like my personal space to just have fun and share things. But One of the things that I do that I think more people should do, I would love more people to do is I take screenshots of DM exchanges with my community and I share that back on stories. I always ask for permission. Can I share this anonymously? But I think it creates like a really fun kind of community vibe. And I go live and I have my followers go live with me. And every time I talk to people that follow along, I'm like, oh, you're like, cool. Like we would hang out in real life. And that's the goal, right? To cultivate a community of people that feel like people you would hang out and hang out with in real life. And I'm sure you feel the same, Rosie, right? When you meet people that follow you and listen to the podcast, you're like, oh, I'm attracting like-minded people. Yeah. Yeah. That's always the hope, right? That's always the goal is to be able to attract that like-minded community. And I, and I do get the the random people that want to tell me how to live my life. And that's really, fine. what do they oh, say? Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't get this. Like, Oh, how come you're not doing this or do more of this? And not in a constructive way. Just like, <laughs> I really didn't appreciate that you said this or that you didn't include this. And it's like, okay, well, or that the big one that I get, and I don't get it a lot, but I have had it in the past you know, with being a yogi or being a a meditation teacher and and being in the world of mindfulness. Like, I guess people have this vision of me being this like leader or teacher and I shouldn't be as honest as I am or as like, you know, if I'm struggling, I'm having a hard time. Like I went back to therapy during the pandemic, you know, and somebody had said, oh, you know, maybe you should figure your stuff out before you go on your podcast and and give people advice. And I'm like, okay, first of all, that's I've been, very rude. I know. First of all, I've <laughs> been on this path 
for over 20 years of my life. Thank you very much. I've been teaching for a long time. I've trained in everything that I do. I've got certifications up the wazoo. And sometimes, look, that doesn't mean anything for some people, but it does to me. I have the life experience and I am a person that grew up in a chaotic environment and have childhood trauma. (laughs) So when we have protests going on, and people rioting on the streets of LA with a person that grew up during the 92 LA riots, I think I'm going to merit going back to therapy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like those types of things where and you you're are- allowed to better yourself, by the way, just because you're dispensing advice to people and helping people on their path to enlightenment doesn't mean that you don't deserve that same luxury. Right. But you know what, Rosie, some people are just, am I allowed to curse on this? Oh, podcast? do that. Yeah. We're, we cuss all the time. Some people are just assholes yeah. and I recognize it more and more every day. And it may not be someone in your DMs. I can think back to, and I think being a mom, I got really used to this judgment. Like people mm. love to judge moms. Like it's, it's <gasps> wild. Like people Stop. love to, you'll be outside having a cute little snow day. People love to slide into your DMs and be like, he should have mittens on. And, no. You know, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. People love to tell moms what to do. You know what? That's social media. But even in person, I've had to, in the first year of life with with Mavi, I had to supplement with formula. You know, we live in this culture that's like breastfeeding is like the absolute best and breastfeed at all costs, which I agree. Breastfeeding is great to do. And I breastfed for his first 10 months of life, which is a really long time. But I had to supplement with formula along that journey. The cashier at CVS would tell me, you know, you really shouldn't be buying formula. You should be breastfeeding. And it's like, thank you for that feedback. I think a lot of people, I don't know, maybe it's some sort of miscalculation around what's appropriate with total strangers. And I think it happens online more than it happens in person. But in general, some people just don't have boundaries and they're kind of jerks and they love to just share their judgments with other people. It's projection. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And don't you feel like it, in now the way that we interact with people, especially on digital platforms, there's this almost like entitlement. If you're a public person or you have a podcast that you're a public persona, so I now get to tell you how to live your life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. I I understand being in a position where you are going to be the topic of conversation as a public person. But for me to have the I just have never felt compelled to tell somebody what yes. they're doing wrong. What like, to do. Do you know what I'm saying? No, totally. But you know what? Also, we're, we're both women of color, right? So me as a Black woman, I, and I'm not making generalizations here, but I have noticed that people that feel empowered to come and tell me that I'm doing something wrong, a lot of times it comes from white women, which I think is very interesting. And, it, it, and sometimes for me, it's like a moment of reflection around, what made you feel like it was okay to come to me and tell me what to do? And I think some of it is setting boundaries, right? So not allowing that in your space. So when that person told you, hey, you should figure out your own thing before you come on your podcast and give advice, did you block them? Did you restrict them? Did you set that boundary? How did you respond to that? Yeah, that's such a great question. I'm curious how you would have responded to... For me, and I've had other things happen. I think we talked about it after we finished recording the last time you and I chatted, but I just don't engage. So if it's something like that, like I just don't respond. Like the best way for me to take 
the power away is to just not give you any more power. Like, I'm not going to let you live in my mind rent-free. Like, no, you get no response. And um, I'm not engaging with that yeah. because that is just, it's so not worth my time. Totally. You know, I did address it later on, on the podcast in a, in a way where it was like, listen, everybody is allowed. Healing is nonlinear. It yeah. doesn't happen in a straight line. It is almost a cylindrical pattern. We right. go in these cycles, right? And so I feel like if, if you're following me or if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time or you've studied with me or, or done anything with me, you know who I am and you know how honest I am when dealing with real life. And the whole purpose of what I do, they're all tools to learn how to live this really chaotic space. So the minute that somebody says they have it figured out or they're like the expert to it, I'm always a little bit afraid of that. I'm like, I don't know. Because if we're constantly evolving, if we're constantly learning, if, if I say I have it all figured out, that to me is like, if you want to listen to a podcast where somebody's like, I have all the answers, come to me, I'm going to teach you. It's like, go for it. I'm not that person. I'm not for you. I'm not your flavor. Like, keep it moving, you know? So how do you deal with people like that? I mean, or you get people, mom, shaming mom you. Shaming. <laughs> yeah. You know what? So a lot of times I acknowledge that they mean well. Right. So if someone's like, Hey, you're outside and he should have gloves on. Sometimes, oh my gosh, you know what? You're right. Let me go on Amazon and order some mittens to arrive next day. <laughs> so sometimes it's helpful. I personally wouldn't cross that boundary with someone else. The thing is, I think everything is a learning experience. So are you watching and just like that? Are you are you yes, part of this? I am. Okay. Yes. I'm watching it. I'm enjoying it. So I was talking about Steve's character and the development of Steve's character. For people that don't know, Sex in the City, Steve marries Miranda. Now they're, what, 20 years in the future. And Steve has aged. And I wrote on my Instagram story, I don't like what they've done with Steve's character. They've made him very uncool, very lame. Why are they making him so elderly? He has hearing aids now. I don't, I feel like they just did his character wrong. And one person reached out to me and they said, hey, I'm 35 and I wear hearing aids. And like, he's not like uncool because he has a hearing issue. And I immediately acknowledged that as like, I was being ableist, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that that mm -hmm. was a blind spot for me. And, and wow. me as someone who thinks that I'm super aware of the conversation around diversity and inclusion, and that I'm super sensitive to everything. I actually took a moment to pause and say, yeah, that was actually, I was a jerk <laughs> just then. He, they made his character uncool. I still stand by that, but not because he has a hearing aid, right? Yeah. There are other things that they did to his character that I don't like, but I shouldn't have lumped those together. Mm. So I think sometimes you do have to be open to the feedback. Yes. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are like, oh, well, everyone's just a hater. And it's like, no, yeah. sometimes when people are giving you feedback, it's instructive. So yeah. I try to kind of make it clear what is constructive feedback versus what is what can just be ignored and and as as you talked about setting those boundaries so some things yeah. just don't warrant a response. Yeah, no, I'm I love that and I and again this is another reason why I love following you because I can tell you the majority of influencers air quotes out there that would never take accountability for that, you know? That'll just yeah. be like, "Oh, I'm just going to block them, whatever." No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I would never do that. 
The first time I tried Athletic Greens was right after I came home from an Australia trip. I was completely jet lagged and I felt totally low energy. I felt completely malnourished. It had been a particularly difficult trip. And I was given a box of Athletic Greens and I started to pour it into my smoothie and I noticed the difference right away. So I was quickly converted. I didn't need to get it sold to me. I had a firsthand experience and I talk about it all the time. It has been something that I've been using every day. It's part of my morning ritual. I put it in Tori's smoothie and he loves it, especially for those of us that feel like we don't have time and we want better health. You want more energy, you want to optimize your immune system, and you want something that's going to check all the boxes, something that's high quality, that has vitamins and minerals and is whole foods and it's got superfoods and it's got probiotics and adaptogens. This is what is going to help you start your day. So here's what Athletic Greens is. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and aging. So it's all of the things, my friends. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover, and it cost him like $100 a day. And listen, tons of people take some kind of supplement, some type of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that has high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And also a supplement that's sustainable and it's not going to break the bank. So it costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. I put it in my smoothie. It's my favorite way to take it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to www.athleticgreens.com forward slash loved. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash loved to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Visit www.athleticgreens.com forward slash loved. I think it's such an interesting time to be in with the social commentary that's going on with everything. It's like, I love that everybody has an opinion. I love that people are able to have platforms to express themselves, but I feel like the etiquette and the approach is still very much a learned at home thing. And to me, it just shows like, oh, you don't have manners (laughs) or like you did not grow up or hmm, this person definitely needs a hug. You know, I go straight into the what is the conditioning that happened in this person's life to think that it's okay for them to email me? I sound like I'm speaking from my trauma child self. And I'm like, oh, oh, well, well, thank you. The other response, and one of my students during a teacher training She's the one that taught me this. And and if you're listening out there, you you know who you are. She was a lovely student, lovely woman, retired, you know, and wanted to deepen her practice. And she came and I remember her coming into my class and saying like, you know, I had some reservations because 
I felt like somebody my age is coming to learn from like some at the time 30, you know, young 30 year old girl. Like I didn't think I'd learn anything. And I did. And she was thankful for that. And in turn, I was expressing my gratitude for her saying there were so many different perspectives that she shed on blind spots that I had or things that I hadn't thought about in a certain way. I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. So it's this opportunity for shared wisdom. And one of the things that she said when people would give her feedback of something, and specifically she was talking about her mother-in-law who had a contentious relationship with, she'd had a contentious relationship with. And it was, her response was always, thanks for letting me know. You know, like somebody says something to you like, oh, Brooke, like you should really put gloves on your child. Thanks for letting me know. Or, oh, Brooke, you should really, whatever. I can't even think of anything, right? Because it's just like not my thinking, but it's always the thanks for letting me know. Like, oh, Rosie, just so you know, when I listen to your podcast, even though I know you you throw the occasional F-bomb, like sometimes it'd be good to have a warning before you say it. And I'm like, thanks for letting me know, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, look, it's all helpful feedback, right? Even if you don't agree with the feedback, it's helpful feedback. And when I think, and and I don't want to transition us to skincare and beauty conversation, but I gain so much from hearing from people that reach out to me that have totally, like I have dry skin, right? People that have oily skin, they're like, love this like all over like face balm that you're recommending, but I would rather die than put on like a gloss, like a gloss all over my face. Like that is just my (laughs) definition of hell. And I'm like, oh, I like want to look like a glazed donut all the time because I have dry skin. So I'm always trying to like add the moisture and add the shine. And people that have oily skin are always trying to be matte. I hear from people that are like, you're doing all of these eye makeup looks. I have really hooded eyes. I can't do that. So sometimes when you hear from people that have different experiences from yours and diverse experiences from yours, it really helps to make your content more empathetic. Yeah. And I think, wow. Yeah, it's so true. And and I love that you always, you're bringing it back to the beauty because we do want to talk about beauty as well. I'm curious what, when you think about somebody, when you think about, for you, when you think about beauty, what do you see or perceive is the difference between internal beauty and external beauty? I think they're linked that you cannot have one without the other. I think the people that radiate beauty to me, I think have like this inner peace about them. They have that energy that you can feel. There's certainly like supermodels that have reputations for not being very kind people. And they can be, you know, physically attractive, but they don't have that thing that like draws you to them. The person that I always think of is like one of the most beautiful women in the world is Rihanna. Do you agree that Rihanna is like up? Yes. And it's just, it's the whole thing. I mean, yes, physically, she is gorgeous. If I never heard her speak, if I just looked at a picture of her, like a Polaroid, I'd be like, oh, wow, a beautiful person. But then you bring her positive energy, her sense of humor, her drive, her talent. And you're like, oh my God, you're just, you're just gorgeous. Magnetism. It's a magnetism. And it's really interesting when you think about the total package. I've interviewed ballet dancers on the podcast and they talk about posture and having your shoulders back. I've interviewed you on the podcast and we talked about having that 
inner peace and managing your own anxiety so that you can show up as your most beautiful, true self. I think it's not just about making sure you have the perfect skincare routine. It's making sure you have that confidence, the way that you hold yourself as you walk into the room, the way that you are you know, interacting with other people. All of that comes together to make you a beautiful person. And there are people in our lives. We can think about you know, maybe grandmothers or great grandmothers that we have that have wrinkles, or we can think about a young cousin that we have that has acne, but we still think they're beautiful because of that inner light that they have. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What is your, because you're talking about wrinkles, like what is your feeling of, you know, doing people that do like Botox and fillers in this sort of approach to beauty? What are your thoughts on it? Yes. Well, I would love to actually ask you because you appear to be very ageless. So if you're comfortable talking about it, would love oh, to yeah, know totally if, cool. if, if you've endeavored there. I don't have Botox or fillers or anything, but I'm also 32. Now it's interesting because I've spent a lot more time on TikTok lately. And I'm now learning that 32 is like ancient to a lot of teens. Like they're like, people are like, you look great for your age. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, but like I'm not like that old. Like I, I don't am I at the age where people are like, you look great for your age. Like I'm like, what what do people think a 32-year-old looks like? I have chosen to not do those things, but I'm not against them. Do you know Tiknot Han? He just passed yes. away. I love his writing. But he has this great quote. I'm I'm gonna misquote it, but it's basically like you're beautiful just as you are. And like the way that a tree is beautiful, like a tree is beautiful because it just exists and you are like a tree. (laughs) Like, I think we live in a society where we're constantly tweaking and experimenting and trying to like reverse the clock. And I think sometimes we have to be reminded that true beauty really has nothing to do with that. That being said, I wear makeup, right? I choose to cover my dark circles with concealer. So if I am taking that step, to cover my dark circles with concealer because it makes me feel better. Who am I to judge someone that gets a syringe of Botox like into their forehead for wrinkles that they have? I really think they're the same thing. Yeah. I think you can lose sight of what is not, I don't want to say normal, but I think there are people that they get filler and they get Botox and they keep, they keep slowly, <laughs> they keep adding and adding and adding and yeah. sometimes you kind of lose sight of what looks I don't want to use the term normal. But yeah, no, no, not normal. Yeah, no, I'm hearing what you're saying. It's like you kind of lose, you start to lose your sort of like compass to where you want to be because it's like you start doing one thing and then it's more and more and more. You don't have the discernment because look, I, I see this, I feel like it's such a loaded topic. And as I even asked it, I'm like, do I want to go here right now? Because I'm with you. I feel the exact same. I don't, I've not ever ventured there. I'm not, I'm 38. I'm going to be 39. Like you look amazing. You're, you have zero signs of aging. Well, well right now is the lighting, man. I'm, I'm a big (laughs) fan of lighting now, you guys. Lighting really does make wonders. But, but at the end of the day, to me, like I've never, I don't want to say never. I'm not against it. I, I've never said I would I would never. I'm very open to everything. I just choose to not do anything because I, I feel like for me, I have no judgment. I have friends that do it and, and do the fillers and, and they love it. And to me, it's like, if it makes you feel good, girl, like, or guy, like, do you? Like, that is great. If it makes you feel confident, like to me, like, Look, my all of my hair fell out during COVID. 
Like mm. I got COVID, all my hair started falling out. I put extensions in. I hadn't put extensions in since I turned, I don't know, maybe like when I was 31, I had them in. And I used to work at a hair salon back in my old old life. I, was, I remember. Uh, yeah, we I was, talked about <laughs> it. Yeah, we did, right. Um, we didn't so get to the celebrity gossip though, we even did though it. I want, I want that off air. Yes. <laughs> so I thought about it because I... Look, I used to have highlights and then I just decided, I'm like, I want to go back to my natural hair. And I went back to to dye my hair dark and I was like, oh, now that my hair's dark, I'm like, oh, my hair started falling out. And I started, I noticed that I started to feel a little bit some type of way where normally I wouldn't dwell too much on it. And all of a sudden I started to obsess like, oh my God, my hair's falling. Everybody's going to see that my hair's falling out. Oh my God, everybody in my hair and it's falling out and um, it's making me feel really insecure. And, you know, I got Tori saying like, honey, like you're, you're fine. Like I would have never even noticed it had you not pointed it out. But, you know, mm-hmm. again, that's your partner. Your partner is going to see you in a certain way, right? So for me, I wanted to feel better, right? Yeah. I wanted, I, to me, in my mind, I believed that if I got my little extensions in, it would make me feel better. And so I did it. And it did. And I'm yeah, like, that's oh, okay. Real. Like I got, you know, like I got my hair in, it matches my natural hair. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me feel sassy and classy. Yes. And, and I'm like, okay, that, that's cool. Like I, that makes me feel good. You know, as far as doing all the other things, like I've never been called to do it. You know, I say that I'll, I, I don't know what the future holds because I'm not against anything, but my fear is I look at somebody like my little sister mm-hmm. and she's- 15, How old is your sister? She's uh, 15 year, years younger. So she's 20, I don't know, I'm 38. She's going to be, she's 24. She's going to be 25. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Around that age. And I've always wanted to be a good example for her, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like as women, we already put so much pressure on us, body dysmorphia and all these things, mm-hmm. what we need to look like, we need to look like this and we need to have the BBL and we need to do like all of the things to feel and look a certain way. I mean, I've got my little nieces with all these filters that they use on like Snapchat and they want to like, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? I feel like for me in my age, and obviously I'm, I'm older than you are, but like, I remember those really Photoshopped Vogue magazines mm-hmm. and and seeing that sort of juxtaposition of, wait, am I supposed to look like this or why can't I look like the way that I look, right? right? And so I feel that going back to your point and what you said, we kind of lose the direction. For me, I would be too afraid of losing my direction and starting something and like just being like, okay, like, oh no, I yeah. look like a completely different and- person. You know, And back to our discussion around feedback from other people, I think one of the things that I've recognized that I will say to you, Rosie, is that you have what people call pretty privilege, right? You have the privilege of having a very symmetrical face with a very smooth forehead and you've got perfect eyebrows. Like I, I, my eyebrows are microbladed. Like I don't have eyebrows like yours. You have gorgeous lashes. A lot of people don't have lashes. They need to get eyelash or they don't need to get, but they choose to get eyelash extensions. You have gorgeous cheekbones. You have full lips. You have a gorgeous nose. You you have pretty privilege. You are naturally very beautiful without doing anything. So sometimes it can come off when, when people like you say, oh, I wouldn't do it. You're coming from this place of privilege that a lot of people 
aren't in. And that's, and again, that's like feedback from the community of things that I have learned over time to be sensitive to. So when I say things like, oh, I would never get a nose job, that's my truth. But that can come up as kind of judgmental, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I just have like a very like, I don't know, standard nose. <laughs> like I don't, I, I but you, that's just how I was born. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I understand that. I understand that. And I want to acknowledge that because I, you're right. I don't think about it to me. I'm just like, yeah. what's wrong? Whatever. Yeah. I got exactly. crow's feet and I've got yeah. like my skin. I can tell collagen is going like, that's <laughs> fine. And I can be like, whatever. I, I, I personally am really attracted to women that look like yes. they've got lines. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like to me, yes. I look at women and I'm just drawn. I'm like, attracted to that you know so for me I'm like okay I'll my face is fine you know like I don't need to do anything but you're right it's like having that to me I guess I try really hard to not base my actions on okay like I want to look a certain way it's like this is what you're gonna get and you're right everything the rings the wing eyeliner it's like (laughs) it all says something. It's like, I want to care, but I don't care that much. That right. Much, yeah. But, but there's that privilege that is there. And there are, I mean, like one of my best friends, like she's gorgeous. Like she has done some work and I think that she looks great. But again, for her, like she didn't have, I want to say like she was a model. Right. So, but, but when she wanted to model, like she didn't have the air quotes, the nose and, you know, the lips and mm. to be the model type. Like the minute that she did that little bit of work, all of a sudden she started working. And like now she she's a executive for an entertainment company, but that was her truth, you know? Like yeah. she felt like this is, you know, she says like, I was the ugly duckling. And now like, that I have the means to give a little bit of a tweakage, like I'm going to yeah. do it, you know? And I'm like, dude, more power to you. You look amazing. She looks amazing, you know? Totally. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess you're, you're right. I mean, it's, it's such an interest. God, beauty is so also subjective, right? So subjective. It's so personal. And to your point about admiring, you know, women that have aged, like I love the way, and I'll speak to Carrie Bradshaw as a character, not yes. Jessica Parker. Let's I go love, there. First of all, Carrie's hair on this season, on, and just like that is incredible. Even if you guys don't watch the show, just like Google it, click into Carrie's hair yeah. because it's giving everything. The highlights are gorgeous, but you can see she has wrinkles, but she's still dressing her ass off. She still has the designer bags. She's still carrying herself with that like cool New York downtown vibe. And I I just think that, I don't know. I agree with you about looking up to women that have embraced their age. And that being for me, at least like when I see people like the fictional character, Carrie Bradshaw, I'm like, that's goals to me. Like, that's how I want to be in my fifties, like still dressing well, but also just comfortable enough with my face that I'm not trying to like reverse the clock. Brooke, but let's talk to me, it's the energy, right? It's all yes. about energy. This yes. is the thing. When when somebody yes. says, I've seen beautiful women that have the symmetry in the body and are just yeah. stunning. And the energy is just not there. They're still yeah. so insecure. They need constant yeah. validation. Yeah. And then I've seen women and men that don't have that, but have that magnetism. They have that energy mm-hmm. where you are just like, okay, what yes. is yes. this? 
That is so, so true. And, you know, I always think that women are a little bit smarter and more evolved than men. <laughs> and for, for women that are in, you know, heterosexual relationships or women that are attracted to men, I think that a lot of women are smart enough to know that like the pretty boy with like the six, like that doesn't do it for a lot of us. For a lot of us, we are attracted to the personality with physical. It's like that thing that yeah. like, that unspoken thing that you can feel when you're like, I am drawn yes. to this person. I am drawn to this man. And maybe this is the same for women that date other women or, or marry other women. It's like attraction has so little to do with physical perfection. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. Yes. Thank you for saying that. And let me ask you this. Do we hold that same standard to ourselves like, That's do we allow ourselves, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you allow yourself to have that same relaxed, calm acceptance about you? Or are you like, no, my husband would like me more if I was ripped or I need to. Oh God. You see no, my husband. No, he's, he's very accepting, especially like after watching me, like literally at the hospital, like push a child out of me. He's like, you're amazing. You're a superwoman. <laughs> Love it all. If you like, yeah, he's, he's, he's in awe, frankly. But yeah, I think this is a great question. One of the things I ask on every single episode of Naked Beauty for all of my guests, I've done almost 200 episodes now, is when do you feel most beautiful? You know, Rosie, because I asked you this yep. as well. And the thing that I always have to remind myself is that people's answers very rarely have to do with what they physically look like. Very, very rarely do people say it's when I have like a blowout and my nails done. The answer that most people give for when they feel most beautiful. Do you want to share your answer? What you shared? Do you remember what you shared? I don't remember what I said. Do you? I think it. I think it was around being like relaxed and centered and calm and 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 having the luxury of like taking your time and yeah, having space. I think space. Yeah, it it definitely wasn't a physical yeah. manifestation. And I think maybe because I've been asking women that now for as I mentioned before, five years, I am able to remind myself that the moments where I feel most beautiful really have nothing to do with how my jeans fit or how my hair is done or if my eyeliner is on point. So I think I am able to give myself that grace, but sometimes it's easy to forget. We're all human and we live in this very looks-obsessed, patriarchal yes. society Oftentimes what's considered beautiful is dictated by white mainstream culture that doesn't value people that look like me. Yeah. And so you have to kind of remind yourself that your perception of what's beautiful is not dictated by what other people think. Yeah. I love that. And it's so true. That resonates. And I feel that for the people that are listening to ask yourself that question, can you exercise that same level of compassion towards yourself? You know, when we think about the people that we are attracted to or love, we, most people that are deep are not concerned with the superficial only, right? It's like, if you ask me why I love Tori, like, I don't start describing his body, you know, like that is, it's an interesting thing. Even if we talk about something that we love about ourselves, but it's interesting how a lot of women and yeah, it's this largely a society that we grew up with. And look, I grew up in a, in a time in the nineties where there weren't any JLo's yet. Like there weren't any Rihanna's or Beyonce's or, you know, women that had bodies, you know, mm -hmm. like, 
so it was really what about Selena. Oh, well, Selena was like the only, but still, yeah. but Selena, yeah. you know, then we've we had a tragic end to that. Ugh, but so yeah. Sad. Yeah, but that was like that was the thing. Like there weren't very many women that looked like women, you know? Uh, just I'm just like normal. I mean, I grew up like in a house full of like, you know, my little Mexican abuelita and, and my aunts and everybody had major curves and bodies, you know? So I was like, how come you guys don't look like the guy that look, look like Kate Moss and yeah, the, and the exactly. her- heroin chic ads yeah, heroin from Calvin chic. Klein. Yeah. Smoking cigarettes, you know, that was yeah. the vibe. As much as <laughs> it's terrible, as much as I love that aesthetic, you know, like the the style of the 90s, not the aesthetic of the heroin chic, but it's just so interesting, our priming of what we think beauty is and what beauty isn't. And I feel like just going back to what you said, it's, it is something that's subjective and so much deeper than just what we see on the outside. Saying that, I want to be respectful of your time. I'm like, I didn't even go into the questions that I had prepared because I knew that we were just going to have this. Let it flow. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> conversation. So before I ask you the final question, where can people go for more information and to connect with you? Yeah. So my podcast, Naked Beauty, new episodes every single Monday. So wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to Naked Beauty, please. I have such exciting episodes coming out. And I think you guys are really going to love the conversations. And I am at Brooke DeVard on Instagram. And then the beauty community, which I love, is at Naked Beauty Planet. So if you're looking for skincare, makeup, hair, anything beauty related, wellness related, come on over to the Naked Beauty Planet community and hang out. Yes, please do. And once you do, you'll see why I have my notifications on for those <laughs> posts <laughs> because so they're, they're so good. So, okay, I created this podcast and this platform for people to come to feel supported, to get inspired, to, yeah, just do some self-inquiry, learn something about themselves. And the whole idea is that we are radically loved by God, source, whatever higher power you believe in, that the universe works for us and not against us. So the final question to you is, how do you feel radically loved? Ooh, well, I think I feel radically loved when I'm given the space to be myself and to be my authentic self. So I thank you, Rosie, for giving me that space to just be myself and talk about my honest thoughts about all of these complex things like the way people approach you on social media and the way that we perceive our own beauty and yeah, just be me unfiltered. That's when I feel radically loved. Oh, thank you so much. Brooke, thank you so much for being an incredible force in the world and for speaking your truth and for being, you know, one of the only influencers out there that I feel is truly sharing their heart and their integrity and is really listening. There's not a lot of people out there that are truly listening. And I feel like you are one of those people. So thank you for being that. Wow. Thank and, you. Um, I can't wait to do this again with you. I look forward to staying connected and everybody that's listening to the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcast. We will put the links to connect with Brooke in the show notes. So be sure to check that out as well. And I look forward to having another conversation with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com. <laughs>